For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to True to the Cubes with Marcus Trufant and myself, Jamie Vinnick, powered by Believe. My name is Jamie Vinnick, one of your co-hosts here on True to the Cougs, and with me is Marcus Trufant, Seahawk and Washington State legend. Marcus, yeah, what's doing? up, man? Hey, man, I am doing well. It's a pleasure, of course, to be a part of uh, True to the Cougs, man, and just get back into the Coug family, man. It's all good, man. It's all good. So uh, I'm excited, bro. I'm excited and uh, glad to part. Uh, glad to be a part of this thing with you, man. We're gonna have some fun. I, I would say 99% of people that are tuning into this probably remember you from one of one of your ventures in the state of Washington. But for those who don't, uh, read off your many, many uh, accolades, both uh, at Washington State and in the NFL with the Seahawks. Oh, um, yeah. So for me, man, it, it, it's been um, I got to start over in Pullman, lovely Pullman. Um, didn't have many scholarships, man. Came over there as an underdog um, and got my start over there. But it was a part of some uh, terrible teams over there. I know this is a, a Cougar-friendly show, right? But early on, it really wasn't a good look, man. And we um, stuck it out. Um, lots of young guys on those teams and got that thing turned around. And we ended up going to a bunch of bowl games and um, having a blast doing it. Um, shortly thereafter, as I fast forward, um, Junior year, I start making the magazine um, and being uh, rated and all that kind of stuff as a defensive back. And then in 2003, I was drafted to the local Seattle Seahawks. So I did high school ball here, did college ball um, across the mountains. And then I came back over to the west side and got to play for the hometown team. Man, a dream come true. Dream come true. Pro Bowl, all pro, bunch of division titles. A solid NFL career, to say the least. Solid, solid, <laughs> my friend. A dream come true, just like I said. Many people don't get to do it at home, man, so for me, it was a good look. Uh, and as for me, as the guy who did not play uh, football beyond third grade, uh, my name is Jamie Vinnick. Uh, I am a beat writer at Coogfan.com, a branch of 247 Sports, which is a branch of CBS. Uh, basically, my life is covering Washington State. I live in Pullman, uh, graduated from Washington State in May of 2020 with a degree in humanities. Uh, moved back home for about a year, which is in Sammamish, Washington, and then well, decided probably about time to come back to Pullman. So that's where I that's where I am now, and yeah, I get to wake up every day and cover football for a living. But uh, that means that the season is about to start. Before we do that, there's a lot of people. If you've never been to Pullman, you don't know Pullman. You don't understand Pullman. Marcus, tell us a story from Pullman, playing or otherwise. <laughs> yeah, well, um, playing, I'll uh, try to keep it clean, uh, <laughs> try to keep it clean. It could get a little, um, I would say it can get a little messy in the locker room, of course, with the boys. Um, those who have played the game or have played any sports or been a part of any club know that um, the guys are like your brothers, right? You do everything together. But for me in Pullman, just the 
just the eye opener from coming over from the West side, man, was just the heat in the summer um, and just dealing with that. Right. And, um, and knowing um, as you can just look at me, I have my lights on now. So I know my skin is glowing, but to have this consistent tan over in Pullman, just doing all the workouts, doing all the training. I always came back home and they would look at me like, man, you, you, if you've been in the Bahamas or something, I'm like, nah, man, I'm just training. But my, my, um, my shade or my hue <laughs> would always be a little darker. So that's just one of the stories that we used to joke about and laugh about all the time in the locker room. So there's many more though. They are many more. So I uh, did not play college football. Um, like I said, it started, it stopped after third grade. Um, but I got to uh, experience the college side of things, the student side of things, the fan side of things. And, uh, you know, lucky enough to be there, maybe the best stretch of Cougar football in maybe ever five years of winning seasons. They made a bowl every year I was there. But um, I think anyone in my era would tell you there was nothing quite like 2018 college game, college game day comes to town. You got Oregon, you've got Herb Street, you've got Corso, you've got all the, all the, you know, the college football royalty. Um, you know, I went to class at 9 a.m. on Friday morning. I went to bed at 1030 on Saturday night. Uh, it was there was no no sleep <laughs> front row. Of the pit uh, said me and my friend said, you know, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. We're not missing this. I mean, the story I'll always tell is I was so tired that night after the game that we had gotten a keg for that weekend. Because for those who don't know, we at Washington State, we enjoy a drink or 30 every now and then uh, we had gotten ourselves a keg and I was too tired even in partake in those activities. So uh, one of those things where I don't ever regret doing it and I will never in my life do it again. It was a one-time deal and I'm glad I did it. Uh, but let's talk this season. We're talking past now. This season starts Saturday, 6.30 p.m. Washington State, Idaho from Martin Stergisa Field at Martin Stadium. First time since 2016, the Battle of the Palouse is back. Uh, Wazoo won that game 56 to six in pretty resounding fashion over a good Idaho team at the time. The Vandals have since moved down to FCS. The Cougs have continued on a good stretch of bowl games, but it's a very different era now at Washington state in the sense that there is a finally, maybe some, some semblance of security at head coach after there's been a lot of changes, um, you know, between Mike Leach's departure, Nick Rolovich's, uh, termination for not being vaccinated and now jake dickert takes over wins the job and this is his team and marcus a defensive minded head coach first time in a while that's been the case in pullman yeah man i think that's a good look man uh teams of um i would say the recent past you know the these point um the way the games were played you you're getting up and you know 40 50 points and all this kind of stuff going back and forth and playing shootout type of football for a defensive minded guy like myself and even for coach um I know that that definitely had to be tough so um getting back to defense getting back to the basics and you know shutting this thing down and giving the ball back to your um offense turnovers um and the Cougs did a hell of a job of that the last couple of years I think they led the pack with that um last year but just getting back to the defense, man. Anybody who knows football, they always say that defense wins championships. So you start with the defense and you pack your offense and you bring your special teams along and you make it happen. You know, I think the defense was 
for the first time in a long time, a strength for Washington State last season. You look at the amount of turnovers they forced, the the 13 points that held to Washington or held Washington to in the Apple Cup, and you know, not long removed from a 2019 team where you held a team to 50 and it was a good week. I mean, it, it was a real right. 180 that I think Dickard orchestrated, and you know, I think was a big reason he got the job. But you know, the one thing that I think a lot of people were concerned about when Dickard got hired as officially as the head coach, there was some worry. All right. Defensive guy. Is he just going to get someone that's going to play old school, run the ball football? Um, I think there were a lot of kook fans who had probably seen what had just happened at Washington with Jimmy Lake. He hires a complete vanilla offense and he's gone within, you know, 10 games. So I think there were some concerns. Then he goes out and brings back the air raid. I, I mean, you know, in your eyes, Marcus, I mean, how much does that kind of, show that he's open to this new era to a new brand of football and isn't just going to be all right defense we're going to win every game 10 to 3 or or 13 to 7 we're okay putting up 40 50 points we're bringing the air raid back obviously an offense that worked well under Mike Leach right man I think you got to know your squad right um you got to know your personnel so um if you don't have that type of team and you mentioned Jimmy Lake and um that really that was an uphill battle right to try to switch things around and do that you know coach dicker knows what he's doing man he he brings in um kind of revamps this air raid thing to make it his man and to keep going and it works right it works if you can play defense there's a bunch of passes and people kind of get confused about what this thing is right the, you um pass the ball a bunch of times but these short passes and these little dink and dunk passes are pretty much your run plays, right? So those um, casual fans out there that may not understand um, the air raid offense and think it's just a pass happy thing, there is a run element to this. And that's how you save your defense and you keep them off the field and they're not on the field all game. So um, I think a coach is um, starting out, starting out in the green, right? that you bring in a quarterback um, and Cam Ward that can run around and do some things, man, and is a, a very electric. And I think he's playing to his strengths. So if, um, if you're a gambling man, <laughs> and I know we're not gambling in college, right? Of course but, not. Um, <laughs> but um, I think it's a good look, man. I, uh, I think he's starting out on the right foot. Yeah, I mean, we, I don't think you can talk about, you know, this offense or uh... – what they're going to do without Cam Ward. Um, I mean, as highly touted as a transfer as there is, you know, coming from Incarnate Word, I think ended up top 10, top 15 in transfer rankings. I mean, everyone wanted this guy. Everyone that needed the quarterback wanted this guy, but, you know, ends up uh, coming with his quarter or his uh, offensive coordinator, Eric Morris from Incarnate Word. And, you know, I can just tell you from being on the ground and seeing him in the spring and the fall, the guy's the real deal. Um, he's got it between the ears. He knows what his role is. And he understands that I'm, you know, I have a huge responsibility on my hand to be the starting quarterback of this team. Um, but what stands out and it's just what he can do on the move. I mean, I think Patrick Mahomes is kind of the poster boy for it now of uh, the off script plays. And, you know, he's drifting to his right. looks like he's thrown out of bounds and all of a sudden eyes closed across his body behind his back. And somehow Tyree kills gotten open, or I guess not anymore this year, but Travis Kelsey, has gotten open, right. um, but <laughs> right. I think Ward, I mean, what Mahomes does is unreal. I mean, there's no one that can do that, but um, I do think Ward has some of that. He, he'll he'll list off to the right and, oh, he's going to chuck it out of bounds, and suddenly someone's leaked open on the backside. But, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, that is as important to Washington State's success as anything 
if you look at under the air raid with Mike Leach, they have to have that quarterback. Right. And I think to take it a step further, man, um, can you tell me, um, because I haven't been watching the offensive line as much, and the quarterback can only go as far as the offensive line is going to allow him to, right? If he's running for his life, um, the air raid offense, of course, does not work. So does he or is Mr. Ward going to have time back there to be able to um, make this offense look exactly how us as Cougs fans want it to look? Well, Marcus, you uh, basically asked the question that everyone's been asking since spring ball. Every, I mean, no, I, it's the it's the big question without without a doubt. It has been the one pressing question um, since really the Sun Bowl, where it was kind of an unmitigated disaster. Um, and then in the offseason, they lost so many bodies. I mean, that is the the million dollar question: um, Is the offensive line going to be able to hold up? Um, and just from what I've seen, I think they'll be fine. I, I don't think they're going to be just this unbelievable group of five all-conference guys, but I do think the starting five is solid. They've got Jarrett Kingston, Maake Fafita at the tackles. Those are both experienced guys. Granted, they were playing guard. Uh, Grant Stevens will be at right guard. He was all big sky last year at Northern Colorado. Connor Gomnes has really developed into a stalwart center, um, the leader of the line, kind of a, the vocal guy. He, it's his line. He's the quarterback of the old line. The big question throughout fall camp was left guard. But Christian Hilborn's kind of won that job. He was actually one of the guys who played in that Sun Bowl and struggled. He was at right tackle, and things did not go so well for him. But um, he's taken a lot of steps. He's taken a lot of strides, and he's nasty. I mean, he's got no problem getting in the face of a defensive lineman and barking at him a little bit and maybe throwing an extra shot in after the play. But you love that from your interior guys. So I think there are still some questions, like can these guys all gel at game speed? But I think you're hoping you know you can figure that out against Idaho and then not have to worry about it as much when Wisconsin uh, shows up on the schedule the following week. Right, yeah. I like it, man. I like when the big boys is nasty, man. And that goes for D-line, that goes for O-line. Of course, those little guys on the back end in the secondary or your quarterback or your wide receivers, they like the big nasties to get nasty up front. You may get a flag or two, but at least you set that standard that we ain't no punks. So I like it. Now, back when you were at Wazoo, or I guess even in the NFL, there really wasn't much of an air raid that you were facing, was there? Um, let me think. Not, not so much of an air raid, but we, um, back in my day, I guess I sound like the old <laughs> dude, but we played, played against back then was the St. Louis Rams, and they had the greatest show on turf, right? You got Torrey Holt, you got Isaac Bruce, you got Marshall uh, Falk, you got Kurt Warner, and um, that practice week was pretty much hell week right because all you did was chase deep routes and these deep overs these crossing routes and all types of crazy stuff and you get in the game it was pretty much the same thing but I think that's kind of like as close as you would get to the air raid in the NFL um, they try to be balanced and they try to set you up with the um, try to set you up with play action and all that kind of different stuff if they're going to run it but they try to be balanced because if you're not balanced that's a good day for the defense were you uh were you on Holt or Bruce when you uh when you were playing the Rams or did you get both? I I got a little bit of both, man. I was a young pup then. Um, at times, um, it was a rough day, man. It was a young uh, uh, a rough day for a young Marcus Trufant. But um, you know, we I played those guys twice a year. So as I grew to know those guys and start to have conversations with them, they would really. It, it, they would really encourage me, right, and tell me that, you know, playing against me, because I was a very technically um, 
conscious type of player. So, you know, my footwork and all that different stuff, they came up to me and let me know that um, I really made them work. And now I could brag to my kids. I can tell them that, of course, these Hall of Fame guys that you're seeing with these yellow jackets, daddy did his thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm smiling big. Yes. Yes. Um, but kind of what you were saying, I think, is maybe what Washington State's hoping to do to Idaho. Um, just kind of finishing up the, the preview of that game. You know, Idaho, very, very much a new staff. They hired Jason Eck, who is uh, an offensive mastermind at South Dakota State. Actually, um, you know, has a history with Coach Dickert. Um, they crossed paths a couple of times, kind of similar backgrounds, worked their way up, you know, both uh, from Wisconsin. But, um, you know, I, I think it's one of the, and you can again, probably speak on this back when, you know, you were playing in college. It's one of the FCS games are oftentimes those games where, okay, we need to win. We should win, but we can't get complacent. And I think Washington state fans know that they saw Portland state in 2015. They saw uh, the Eastern Washington in 2016. How do you find the balance between saying, all right, we can't overthink this too much because we are obviously a much better team than these guys, but we can't just say, oh, they're nothing. They're still college football players. Right, man. I, um, I think it comes down to maturity. The good teams, the teams that um, have these programs that we all know their names, these big-time programs, and in the, um, even in the NFL, the, Tims, the, the teams that win and they do it on a regular basis, they're mature. It does not matter what the competition is, who the competition is, the record or anything like that. You come to play ball and you you just come out and do your thing. You don't play up or down to the competition. So um, I'm going to let our listeners in on a little secret. Um, I was a part of a Washington State team that lost to Idaho way back in the day, <laughs> way back in the day. And I can be honest and just say, I don't believe our team was, um, wasn't very good at the time, but I'm on top of that, we weren't a very mature team, maybe coming in and thinking that we had the game one, but I was a true freshman at the time. I was just happy to be on the field. Right. I believe that maybe the, uh, game that, and maybe I burned my red shirt. I'm not sure, but I came in the game. It was a close game. And, um, yeah, it was a close game. I hardly remember it, but Washington State, we fell short, and that was not a fun um, offseason to be able to go and party with the Vandals across over in Moscow, do all that kind of stuff, and they were able to say they beat us, man. It wasn't a good look. Not cool at all. So I say all that to say um, good teams find a way to be consistent and never play down to the competition. You know, the one thing I, I think I've noticed over the years, just watching uh, – any FBS versus FCS game, whether it's, you know, Washington state or whether it's, it's anyone is, it seems like the big divide between the power five teams and the FCS teams are, it's not necessarily the receivers and the DBs. I mean, you can still find speed athleticism hands. Um, you know, there's, there's enough talented quarterbacks in the world that you can get yourself a great quarterback. It comes down to those trenches and where the lesser teams are probably running out slower, 285 pound guys. Whereas, you know, the power five teams, they're running out the 320 pounders that, you know, run like gazelles. I, I mean, is that what you noticed in those days that, you know, maybe uh, one of the, some of those quote unquote lesser teams, they would have some talented receivers or some talented skill guys, but just couldn't do anything in the uh, up front. Yeah, man. Uh, you hit it on the head, Jay. Um, those smaller schools, the, the, um, Speed was always there. The skill guys were always there. But 
just like you said, down in the trenches, man, you would get some of these big boys um, that's at the power five schools that could really show their athleticism, right? They're, they're these big guys. They came, they, they come from basketball backgrounds or they come from dancing backgrounds. I say all that to say that they got the footwork and they can move like smaller guys, but they got, they got all this weight behind them. And that's what separates um, those programs, man. And it's, it's pretty obvious when you're playing in the game, right? Um, and you're playing against these receivers that can run like crazy, but quarterbacks can't get the ball to them because the D line's all over them because the office is so, um, because the offensive line is so small or um, it's the other way around and the offensive line is so huge and they're just, they're just opening these big holes, man. And the, the running backs are just having a field day. So it shows down there in the trenches, man. Um, and that's just how it is, man. That's the name of the game. You know, there's actually even more so than, you know, the, the proximity there. I mean, there's some, uh, some familiarity on, on both sides. I mean, Idaho's got, uh, I think it's four players that played at Wazoo, uh, Favai Favai being one of their top linebackers. He's with the Cougs in 2018 and 19. Uh, Logan Prescott is their place kicker. He was with Wazoo for a year and I think 2018. And then uh, defensive back Jacob Scobus and Edge Carter Carlson. These are guys who are on the Cougs roster in the spring. Um, and then they also have uh, uh, Stanley Franks Jr. as their cornerbacks coach. He was with the previous staff, um, was part of the group that uh, was not allowed to continue coaching after that, uh, that October 18th date last year. So there's a little bit of um, you know, some uh, somewhat of the history, a couple of Wazoo, uh, you know, uh, assistants were at Idaho, Adam Bresky and Luke Hyde, uh, David Lowe's another, their defensive tackles coach was at Wazoo. So there's some, some connections even beyond the, the proximity, um, maybe ups the intensity a little bit, especially early on, you're going to have some, some guys on that Idaho side who maybe feel like they didn't get a fair rap at Wazoo and, you know, they're going to want to want to stick someone in crimson at least early on. I think that's, um, yeah, man, I think you hit it on the head. It, it's kind of crazy that it's that much a crossover, right? You got coaches, you got players, and that was more of a COVID thing, right? Or kind of what was that as far as like the opportunities for guys to leave and do different stuff like that? Or where did that come from? It seems uh, kind of crazy to me, actually. You know, um, one thing that is kind of interesting to think about, um, you know, with how much these teams play, you know, the, I, I've seen this question posed before, and uh, our good friend Holden made a note of this on his notes. Is this Wazoo's second biggest rival outside of Washington? And that maybe, I mean, I will say just from a fan, I don't consider it to be. I think it's probably, probably Oregon State. Um, but you were also at a time where you guys were playing every year. When you look back at when you were playing, obviously, I the Washington was the big one. The that other school across the state. But um, who was kind of that? Was Idaho that second rival? Or was it one of the Oregon schools? Uh. I think it was um, – I think you always have to put Idaho there because they're so close, right? And you – just like we just talked about, like the, the crossover from um, coaches and all the players that are on um, Idaho or used to be Cougs and all that kind of stuff. Now you get into this thing as far as like the Washington athletes, right? The The guys that couldn't – make the Coug roster they were recruited by Idaho right and some of the guys um, you would know from the west side or you would just know around the state right from playing an all-star games and um, stuff like that so it would get kind of chippy it would be some back and forth and sometimes that would carry over 
in to the offseason, right? Because you see these guys, it's just like putting a bunch of animals in the cage at time, right? Just right. you got football players that are um talking trash and everybody's young, everybody thinks they're Superman and they have this complex and it kind of just spills over. But the games, um, they usually started out very intense. And then um, in most cases, except for the, that um, game or that I was part of, um, Washington State, of course, would come out and handle business. But it would start out, you know, very intense, a lot of talking, uh, trash. But um, soon the, the foam would rise to the top. Before we head into a couple of Pac-12 storylines, what's your score prediction? Um, I mean, I'm hoping for like a route, man. I don't, um, I think the Coug defense is going to be very stout. Um, so I don't see a bunch of points. They could probably get a couple field goals. So I'm thinking maybe six to, um, I love to see Cam Moore kind of light this thing up. So, um, thir 30, uh, 34 points or something like that. So six thirty-four. I think I said, uh, 48 to 10 in my preview. Oh, um, I think okay. The, All I, right. said, I said with the, uh, with the note that if Cam Ward is still playing significant snaps in the fourth quarter, something has probably gone wrong. It, it should be by the end of the third. Agreed. It be back, some Agreed. backup time. Rest him for, uh, for Wisconsin. But, you know, um, just to kind of wrap things up, I, I feel like the Pac-12 is, is his own storyline right now. Um, USC and UCLA bolting to the Big Ten, we think, kind of, who really knows right now. Um, I mean, but, you know, it kind of seems like everyone's like, yeah, no, it's we're just going to focus on ourselves. The Pac-12 is going to stay around. Thinking as a player, if you saw that, would there not be some extra fire and some extra anger at USC and UCLA for, you know, big-timing the, the, the conference, especially if you look at it now when they haven't been that good over the last decade, and we're not talking back when – you're playing against Lionheart Bush, uh, Dwayne Jarrett, uh, right. Palmer, yeah. those guys. And we're talking like seven wins, six wins, not great USC teams. Yeah, man, I think you um, I think you have to have a chip on your shoulder or you got to take it as a slap in the face. Right. Um, as a player, just to feel your fire a little bit. But I think the kids now, they understand business. Right. With this social media age and how information travels and it travels pretty damn fast, right? They're all in the ins and outs of everything that's going on. So yeah, on one hand, you take it as a slap in the face and you're pissed because you really don't know your future, right? You're trying to make the most of your opportunity um, and maybe go on and play in the NFL and do all that kind of stuff. But if, you know, the Pac-12, if the Cougs are moved to a different league and doing all this different stuff, it's a lot of uncertainty. And I know that's uncomfortable. And now we live in the age that people are transferring at the uh, drop of the uh, hat, right? And we're seeing that now with all the players over at the Vandals and vice versa and all that kind of stuff. So all that to say, yes, I think the guys have to be pissed about this. There has to be an extra, um, extra push there. And I think it could be a good thing, you know, playing pissed off can be a, a, a good thing if it's controlled. So, yeah. Who, uh, who in your eyes is the team to beat in the Pac-12 this year? Uh, the team to beat, um, I think, is Utah. Um, I think they got a great team, and they, they've they um, played against some big 
name schools and they um and you know they show well so uh and they're pretty pass happy um and they put up good numbers man so they're they're uh a, a team that's overall good it'd be it's gonna be a big game for the Cougs and you talk about the Pac-12 and its um future I think that's one of those big games that the Cougs need to win just to show and prove exactly what they can do. I agree. It's Utah. I know USC gets a lot of talk uh, with Lincoln Riley, Oregon, because it's a year is going to get hype. I think it's huge. I think they're just the most fundamentally sound team. Um, I still am picking the Cougs to beat them. I, uh, my preview that just got released on kookfan.com. I, I picked Wazoo to win 21, 20. My explanation was it's a Thursday night in Pullman. Things are going to get weird. And Marcus, I'm sure you can attest to that. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Um, You know, and I think, uh, yeah, we talked earlier about how weird Pullman is. And um, it's it is a weird place. I, if you haven't been go just experience a football weekend there, I promise you, you won't regret it. You might come out a little hungover. I'm not going to lie. We're we're not going to, you know, we're not going to beat around the bush, be transparent, but you're going to love every (laughs) second of it. I mean, it's just, uh, it is what it is. I mean, you know, I'm sure uh, for the players, it was always a fun post game with the win. Maybe not as fun with the loss. Uh, I can I can say the win post games for me were a lot more fun than the losses. Um, I, yeah, right. I'll, I'll stop there. <laughs> I know we found a way to have fun, man. We found a way to have fun regardless. And I, I will stop there. But speaking of Bush, um, uh, not beating around the bush, are they still drinking Bush ice in Pullman or Bush Light? You know, it's still popular. Rolling okay. Rock and Natty Light. All Those right. are the go-tos. It's kind of turned into Natty Light. When I started in um, when 2015, everyone else was drinking Bush Light. I, of course, wasn't because yeah. I wasn't of age yet. Um, okay. By the time I turned 21 in 2000, and how old am I? 17. Rolling Rock at the Coog Mart up in Apartment Land, 30 rack, $9. That was the, I mean, it was wow. terrible beer. It tasted <laughs> right. awful. But you didn't care at that point. And then now they've, they've moved on to Natty Light. I don't really know what that is. Um, I, I'm more of a, of, a, of a fancier beer drinker now, if I, if I may. I like a nice IPA. Mm-hmm. A good, uh, okay. Good a hazy IPA. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can like go it. for a good hazy IPA. Um, truthfully, if I'm having a drink, I'm probably even going with scotch now. I'm, I'm an old soul. Uh, but no, very, Natty very Light. Fine. Very exactly. refined. I like it. I keep it on top of my fridge. You got a nice bottle of scotch right <laughs> okay. there. It's my yearly birthday present now, but. No, the Natty Light nice. cans, you'll find those all around town uh, after a football game. But oh no, Bush Light's still popular. It's it's still up there okay. as one of the as one of the fan favorites in Pullman. Just a question. Um some things never change, so solid. Yeah, some things do never change. As as much as this place changes, it just doesn't. It's all the same. I'm sure. When was the last time you were back? Um, it's been a couple years. I was there for Apple Cup, um, a snowy apple cup. That means it didn't um, go well. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. So it wasn't good. The Cougs fell short, but um, I was out there. I was bundled up, nice and cozy. I got the um, pleasure of being up there in the suite, man. It was pretty uh, cool. Oh, so you were you yeah. were bundled up in, when, when it was nice and warm. The rest of us were down there freezing our tails yes, off. Yes, man. <laughs> I, yes, Tom. I'm older, man. I can't hang out like I used to out in the weather with my shirt off, man, and paint it up in crimson. Nah, I can't do Fair it. Fair enough. Like <laughs> Folks, this has been True to the Cougs, uh, powered by Believe. My name is Jamie Vinnick for my partner, Marcus Trufant. Uh, thank you for tuning into this first episode 
Uh, check us out on Believe Network, and you can find us before every Coop game talking some shop, some stories, and whatever other uh, heathenous activities us Cougs get into. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in, and uh, I think we have to send them off in one way, Marcus, and that's with the Go Cougs. Go Cougs! Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.